welcome to Interfish Podcast number five, where the Interfish editorial team discusses the most compelling seafood news stories. I'm editorial director Drew Cherry here in Seattle, and I'm joined by executive editor John Fiorillo, editor Elizabeth Fisher in Berlin, and senior reporter Dominic Welling in London. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello. Hi. And as usual, we have production help from Kim Tran in the background. This week, we'll be looking at how some major shifts in global politics will be affecting the seafood industry. And so we've brought a United Nations of editorial staffers together to give their opinions and insight. We're going to be starting this podcast off with Brexit. That's Britain's decision to leave the European Union, which uh, they made on June 23rd. So we're going to turn to Dominic Welling to discuss this. Dom, as a Brit and as a reporter that's covered this, um, just give us a little bit about um, about the impact on seafood now that the dust has settled a little bit. What do we know for sure this will mean for the seafood sector? Well, what, what do we know? Um, nothing, basically, I think is, is the answer. Um, no one knows anything uh, when it comes to Brexit about what because no it's never happened before and no one really knows um exactly what it means not even our fearless leaders but from what we're sort of learning um well you've seen the effect on the pound uh which has obviously had a straight away impact on imports and exports i guess short term good for exports but bad for imports um and seeing i guess the uk imports more fish than it exports is going to be hitting uh, people quite hard in terms of costs and passing those on to the consumer. Uh, it's already happened in other industry, in other food industries. I don't know if you saw the Unilever and Tesco thing recently. In terms of exports, it's probably good right now for the short term, but in the long term, they're probably facing the most uncertainty, I would say because of different trade deals and uh, issues that could arise, such as tariffs, uh, non-tariff barriers as well. But yeah, it's all a bit unclear as to how this is going. And I think that is the main problem, because uh, people have lost confidence. They don't really know what's going to happen. They're going to hold off and wait and see, basically. So last month, Dom, you were up in, in Grimsby uh, with the UK seafood industry for a Seafish Summit. Uh, what were some of the things you overheard? Well, they had a panel, um, a special panel on, on the issue up there. Generally, um, I think it was this, still this, this uncertainty and a, a bit of worry, basically, about what Brexit is going to mean for the industry. And also it was urging uh, the right people to be putting the case forward, basically, for the fishing, for the fishing industry. Because you've got to remember, the fishing is not the only, <laughs> only industry um, that matters here. So, uh, I mean, in, in the wider scheme of things. So there was the question of how how far up the priority list it's going to be, politically speaking. But yeah, I think, uh, again, the issue is that we import more fish than we export. And there's the question of also labour. Um, we rely quite a lot on foreign workers, which who may have to go back to their countries. Visa requirements say that. Um, and then you've got the issue of funding from the EU when it comes to uh, research and things like that, that we're We've now got to figure out how this is all going to work, basically. Um, now we're, we're no longer part of the... Wasn't there a UK seafood trade alliance formed as well to tackle Brexit issues? I seem to remember now. Yeah, there was. You're right. Uh, quite recently, they've got a, a new one, which is going to, I think, uh, something to do with APSI as well, wasn't it? Um, but yeah, they formed a new body anyway that's going to specifically be tasked with lobbying 
all of this to the to the government um, from a trade perspective. Yeah. Hey, hey, Dom. In the run up to the vote, was the UK fishing industry, seafood industry, uh, supportive of leaving the the union, or were they opposed to it? Well, they were kind of hailed as like the uh, uh, they were used as like the poster boy for the Leave campaign um, quite heavily. So I assume a lot of fishermen were behind the idea. But I did speak to someone in the fishing industry um, who basically believes that Brexit is a bad idea. And although he can understand how fishermen are sort of frustrated um, with things like the common fisheries policy, he feels they're pretty much hoodwinked and, and lied to uh, by the Brexit campaign, as a lot of people were. He said basically it's, it's, it mes- misled fishermen uh, and now they have no, no sort of course of action other than to carry on believing this is the right way to go um, because, you know, you can't redo really a U-turn now. So, yeah, I still think they think it's for the best, but it still it remains to be seen that that will actually be better for them. Yeah, and, and it's it's going to get even more uh, even more complicated on the UK seafood market uh, based on some some news that just came out of Iceland. Obviously, Iceland a huge huge supplier of cod uh, in particular to the UK market. So it's a nice segue to move over into Iceland. Uh, another story that uh, that you and Lisi uh, done a lot of work on. So on Monday, uh, the Icelandic fishermen's uh, crews, uh, a, a big group of unions, voted to strike after failing to come to uh, a wage agreement, a collective bargaining agreement with uh, Icelandic fishing vessel owners. If that does indeed hold, uh, and if they can't find an agreement, that means on November 10th, that we're going to have a, a significantly lower supply of uh, seafood coming out of Iceland. And in particular, it sounds like it's going to be impacting the the fresh market. So, uh, Lisi, you were just up in Iceland. What was sort of the uh, what was the the mood there, um, both about the upcoming parliamentary elections and just about this looming strike? Um, well, basically, it just looks like as if Iceland is is facing um, quite a lot of uncertainties ahead. They've had a few really good years um, after the the crisis. They could continue to go strong, um, but as usual, when there's elections coming up, um, political talk is starting on the quota system again. And um, yeah, they've been also suffering on the with Brexit, obviously, with the devaluation of the of the pound, because it is such a huge uh, trade partner, obviously. And now the strike on top of that uh, just means, yeah, they are going to be facing a difficult time. And everyone knows about it, really, there. So which species in particular do we know that might feel the most effect from, from this? Um, well, it depends. Um, basically, at the beginning, I think... Um, when they start the strike, um, there won't be a lot of pelagic fishing because, uh, yeah, that's going to be early next year. Um, so it's probably most likely um, cod, sate, and some redfish. As I was told by um, an HP Grandi executive, that's going to suffer the most. But obviously, you know, all the fresh white fish species coming out of, of Iceland are going to are gonna see a drop if the strike actually goes through. 
Lisi, when you and I were in Hamburg, we spoke to one Norwegian seafood executive who uh, who said that kind of rather giddily that this would have a, a positive effect on Norwegian uh, cod supplies in terms of, of pushing up the prices. But when we spoke to uh, Webjorn Barstad, um, he was a, a lot more understated about it. So do we do we know if this is going to be good or bad for Norway? Um, well. Actually, Dom uh, spoke, Dom and I, we did that story together and he spoke to uh, Webjorn, so um, he might be um, um, the better person to answer this question. But what I can say is um, what we've been hearing is that just in general, it's not going to be good for the whole market because obviously there's going to be an impact on prices, there's going to be supply shifts, so just in general, the whitefish market is going to suffer from it. So Norway won't necessarily win on this situation, basically. And what do you also, think, Tom? Yeah, and also there's, they've run out of quota, a lot of the Norwegian vessels as well, so they're not going to be able to yeah, catch exactly. anything. And they have different markets as well. So I think it's not a simple case of Norway will profit from Iceland's, basically. Yeah, I mean, I guess the big, the big question is kind of what sector it's going to really hurt the most, and I would assume it's going to hurt the food service sector uh, the most rather than the the retail, just because they are so reliant on getting a fresh product in. Um, so the much much loved fish and chip sector might be uh, might be taking a hit here. So we'll we'll be looking into that and see what they what they think. Um, well, let's move on to the U.S. election, uh, which is uh, very, very close to its conclusion, thank God. Um, John, I know you've prepared some some thoughts on the upcoming decision that we have looming ahead of us. Um, so tell us a bit, just you've kind of examined uh, some of the trade policies of, of the two. We're going to set aside some of the um, some of the racier issues that have come up and kind of look at things on face value. So just in looking at Clinton and Trump's policies, what might we see uh, in, in the case of, of a presidency of either one of them? Well, I think uh, I, I kind of looked at three issues. I looked at trade. I looked at uh, ocean issues, which I would broader broaderly call climate change issues. And then I looked at regulations in general. So to start with trade, um, based on what we know from each of their policies and, and uh, speeches so far, it appears that Trump will basically be hostile to trade. He, he's talked a lot about uh, NAFTA being a terrible deal. He's against the TPP. Um, he wants to renegotiate generally all the trade deals with China. Um, he's also talked about, you know, getting out of NATO, which, you know, the ramifications of something like that certainly will impact trade if that were ever to come to come to pass. But um, Clinton, on the other hand, seems to be she is now against T, T, TPP, but was for it. I imagine if she were to become president, she would probably embrace it in a different form or fashion, just my thinking, but um, so she's more of a free trader. She would continue probably the Obama administration approach to 
uh, free trade, whether they be PACs or some other unilateral deals. Uh, but for seafood, it's really critical. The trade issue is probably the most critical in this election. We import close to 90% of all the seafood we eat in the U.S. Uh, we have a 14 or $15 billion trade deficit when it comes to seafood, uh, which is, is massive. So there's no way the U.S. itself is going to be able to meet the U.S. seafood demand. We just, we can't do it and we never will be able to do it. Um, so there, there's some challenges there. NAFTA in particular is kind of interesting because we have a $516 million trade deficit with Mexico, one of the NAFTA partners when it comes to seafood. And with Canada, the other partner, we have a $1.8 billion deficit. So we rely on Canada, obviously, a lot more than we do on Mexico. But when you hear, for example, the, the Trump people talk about um, NAFTA, they always seem to paint Mexico as the, the villain in this. And I, I, you know, the numbers don't bear that out for seafood anyway. So um, trade is, is it's, it's going to be the issue that defines a lot of things depending on which candidate gets in there. Um, you know, the China aspect of it is also really big because we all know how important China is to the global seafood supply chain. And if there were to become this battle against China uh, that involved trade, um, that would obviously disrupt things as well. So that's what I see on, on trade. On the climate change issue, it's pretty cut and dry. Uh, Mr. Trump believes there's no such thing as climate change. Um, Hillary Clinton believes, you know, what most of the uh, scientists in the world have agreed on, that climate change is going on. And so obviously she would continue the Obama uh, process of trying to fight climate change. And it's unclear what exactly a Trump administration would do, but they seem hostile to the idea of doing anything against climate change. And, you know, we're already seeing climate change in the seafood sector. Everybody knows that. Um, there's plenty of evidence. But one thing that doesn't get talked about a lot is the small fishing towns all around this country that rely on the oceans uh, for fisheries and, and to keep people employed and all that. You know, as climate change escalates, those people are on the front lines of, of this, and they're going to suffer the most most. And nobody's really, neither candidate is talking about how to prepare for that. So there's a lot there. Finally, I'll just throw out regulations. In 2010, uh, President Obama overhauled the uh, food safety regs that uh, govern a lot of the FDA inspections and stuff like that. And um, it's assumed that a Clinton presidency would continue that, obviously. Um, Trump's uh, Trump has talked a lot about too much regulation. So uh, whatever power he would have as a president to maybe roll back some of that it could be a problem um, if you believe that these regs are making food safer, which a lot of people do. So uh, those those three issues seem to be the issues to me. So it's, it's pretty impossible to not have Trump, the, the U.S. election come up in any discussions, it seems like. So 
Dominic or, or Lisi, just in talking to, to uh, sources and just the seafood industry in general and when it comes up, what's sort of the outside perspective from the seafood industry, in your opinion, on what's happening in U.S. politics? Well, uh, um, it actually doesn't come up that much, but um, <laughs> Maybe it's it just comes good. up. <laughs> It uh, it does come up in terms of, you know, everyone has a view on it, obviously. And I think um, just in general, uh, Europe is uh, looking at the United States um, with surprise that it has come that far. And um, I guess everyone over here is just hoping that Clinton will win. Um, and because we know that might be, that will be better for for the industry, for yeah, for international trade relations. So, yeah, that's my opinion on it. Yeah, I, I agree. I, thought, I haven't really talked to anyone about it in terms of seafood, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to watch anyway. So, which one of these issues, kind of when we're when we're looking at the the three of them that we discussed, what are the ones that we should be most concerned about uh, right now in terms of the impact on the seafood sector? Um, and, and, uh, Dom, maybe you can, can start off. Is there, there any of these that should take more precedence on our worry list? Well, I'm probably bound to say it, but I think Brexit, because it's got far reaching implications and it's long term as well. I think Iceland might just be a storm in a teacup, uh, obviously the U S as well, but I, I mean, that's still very uncertain. Uh, but yeah, Brexit. Now we've committed to a hard Brexit, as they called it. Um, I think it's going to be really tough uh, for all types of exporters uh, in particular. Um, so, yeah, uh, in my in my mind, Brexit's uh, the most troublesome thing. Yeah. Lisi, what do you think? Well, yeah, I agree. I agree because um, I think... Obviously, um, Iceland. In Iceland, the situation looks looks pretty bad at the moment. But um, I mean, discussions on on the strike are still going on. Um, there's there's still a few weeks until November. Then, and you know, obviously, the outcome of the election will not change um, trade relations as a whole. But I, I agree with Tom. Um, Brexit will have wiped widespread uh, implications on on European seafood trade, on on global seafood trade. So, so yeah, I think that's that's a tough one. John, maybe it depends on where your feet are, but what's what's no, your I, feeling? No, I would agree. I think Brexit for sure. Um, I think the Iceland strike will probably be settled. The U.S. election, I mean, if you're listening and following, you see the polls that uh, are giving Hillary a pretty good shot of winning. So if that were to come to pass, and who knows, um, then a lot of the more problematic uh, uh, policies of uh, Mr. Trump would be a moot point. But Brexit, you know, we've only begun to peel this onion's outer edges at this point. And, you know, to, to think of the EU coming apart and everybody having to strike trade deals with one another and the disruption that would cause it it's massive and it's uncomfortable to even consider yeah well i'll be the lone dissenting voice and i'll i'll say at the risk of being part of the vast media conspiracy that uh that uh the the prospect of a of a trump presidency uh to me would um 
would would cause some pretty dramatic change. But as you said, based on the polling, based on where we are right now, it's looking like we're going to have a, a President Clinton and it'll be more or less kind of status quo with with global trade and, um, you know, hopefully some uh, some improvement since the issues have been brought up and since trade's been so uh, important or used to be important in the presidential discussions up until a few weeks ago, um, maybe there there will be some reexamination of it and, and some improvements. Uh, well, that's it for this edition of the Interfish podcast. Thanks, everyone, for, for joining. Uh, thanks again to Kim Tran for production help. Uh, remember that you can follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, and other social media outlets. But best place to keep up with uh, seafood news is going to be interfish.com uh, and signing up for one of our many newsletters. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you next time.